Welcome to the Battle Plan Marketing Podcast for Contractors. Get actionable advice and tactics on how to grow your home service company. Plus interviews with industry experts dropping value bombs in marketing, sales, and operations. And now, let's power up your home service biz with your host, Mark Ambrose of Battle Plan Marketing. Right, hello, home service pros. Welcome to the Battle Plan Marketing Podcast, episode number 84. Today, we're going to talk about what Google says to do in order to get your website and its content seen by people searching for your services. These tips come direct from Google's own webmaster guidelines, which are now found in Google's Search Central. So if you're spending time, energy, and money on building out a great website and blog to gain rankings, traffic, and generate leads, then it's only wise to follow the webmaster and SEO advice and guidelines of the search engine that 90% of people use, right? So guideline number one is to make sure your website and its content are in Google's index, that they even know you exist, right? Simple, but yet overlooked by many. So Google's index is where it stores every web page that it has found and knows about, right? Google indexing a page means that it has fetched it, read it, and added it to their database that they call their index, right? So you can check if your site is indexed by going to Google's regular search bar and typing in site, S-I-T-E, colon, no spaces, and then your website URL. So for me, it would be site, colon, battleplanmarketing.com, right? And then the search results page that follows that should be filled with the pages on your website. And at least the top 10 right there should be all your website, should be several search results pages showing all the search, all the pages on your site, depending on how many pages you have on your site, of course. If your site does not show up in the search results, of course, double check that you search properly. So S-I-T-E colon, your website URL, probably .com, right? So if it does not show up in the search results after doing that, then your site is most likely not indexed by Google, unless you made some other mistake there, right? So if that's the case, then you should sign up for a free Google Search Console account with your business Google account and install it on your website, right? And you'll follow the directions that Google Search Console takes you through. There's some simple code that you put on your site, site-wide code, and now you'll connect to Google Search Console and your website will be connected, right? Also, if you have thank you pages or other pages showing up So if you see your site index, but you also see thank you pages and maybe landing pages that you have specifically for ads or split test pages, AB split test pages, those should not be indexed, right? So you want to go back into your site and you should edit the robots.txt file directly or use Yoast or Rank Math SEO plugins to do that for you, right? And so you would go to the edit page on each of those pages if you're using Yoast or Rank Math, and then go down to the Yoast or Rank Math settings for that page and go to the advanced tab, I believe in both, and then mark it as no index. Okay. So all your thank you pages 
your advertising, if you have specific landing pages for ads that are not in your menu, not their orphan pages standalone on your site, then of course mark those as no index. And if you're split testing pages, you have an A and a B, and those are probably both landing pages also orphaned, you want to no index those. Okay, so every website should have Google Search Console installed because you can use it to do lots of things. For instance, you can, as we already described, you can request indexing and you can take a URL. So if you just made a blog post, you can go into Google Search Console and use their URL inspection tool and request indexing of that page right away. If you're using Rank Math, it is automatically connected by API to uh, Bing and Yandex's Index Now system, right? So you'll automatically be indexed over there. But for Google, currently anyway, as of this recording, you'll have to go into Google Search Console and request URL inspection of that new page. All right. You can also improve the search appearance and rankings by analyzing in Google Search Console what queries, what searches each page is currently ranking for and make improvements to the page to zero in on some of the more important search queries, right? And you'll be able to see the impressions, where you're currently ranking, and what the click-through rate is, right? So you can optimize your titles, your text, your heading tags, and more on the page to try and rank a little bit better for some of the queries that you're currently, so let's say you're at the bottom of page one, or you're on page two, so you're looking for pages where you have queries, where you're, again, ranking bottom of page one, somewhere on page two, start with those, start to try to optimize those that have the best impressions, and of course, that are directly related to the topic of your page, and try to pull those rankings up toward the top of page one, right? So a great tool to zero in on improving your pages. You can also use Google Search Console to submit your sitemap. Your sitemap is a list of all the pages you're telling the robots, the search engines, that you want to be crawled and you want them to be indexed so they show up in searches, right? Sitemaps are automatically created by Yoast and RankMath SEO plugins, as well as AIO but you still need to know the URL, right? So it's usually yoursite.com forward slash sitemap underscore index dot XML. These are XML files, right? So you would then take that address once you know what it is and then input it into Google Search Console's sitemap tool and request that it go and look at that and read that, okay? And once again, it's taking all the pages that you marked as indexed or no index throughout your editing. So Yoast and Rank Math are both doing that. So again, back to the thank you pages and specific landing pages, mark those as no index. Okay, Google Search Consoles also can monitor server errors. So you can go in there and look and see if you're getting server errors or uh, page or site loading errors. You can also monitor new page experience uh, guidelines of Google, which are the loading speed, also known as Core Web Vitals. So there's three different speed measurements happening there. You can see them and the score that you're getting, that your pages are getting, and any pages that are violating 
or you're getting warnings or errors on page experience. So loading speed, which are the core web vitals, mobile usability is part of the page experience for each URL. So does it look good on mobile? Is it a responsive theme or website that will automatically adjust to the size of the screen of the device being used? Also, page experience has to do with the security of the site. So are you using the HTTPS protocol? And the way to look that up is look up in your address bar on your own website. So yourwebsite.com up there. And if you see the little padlock to the left of your address, then you have a secure site. Doesn't mean it's all fully secure because you might be pointing pictures That's the most common. You might be pointing images or videos or something like that to a a non-secure address. It usually happens in the, the beginning of the setup of your site. You're looking for what they call mixed content. Some images might be pointing to an HTTP, while everything else is HTTPS, right? So you can search for URLs in Google Search Console that might be using only the HTTP in the performance section of Google Search Console. You just add a filter to have it search for pages just containing HTTP colon forward slash forward slash, right? So leave out the S and it'll show you any pages that are containing that content. And then you'll need to go back in to your website or have your webmaster do it and go edit any content, any assets that are calling on a non-secure asset within your site. Okay? Google Search Console will also show you the enhancements that you've added to your site. These come in the form of schema markup or structured data for things like image licenses, which you should totally take advantage of, breadcrumb usage, which shows where they are in the menu hierarchy, Of course, review snippets, especially if you have products out there, product pages. There's structured data for your products, for videos. So it's looking for all that. And if you input that code, if you use that structured data for those types of assets, you will see in Google Search Console a section on the left side menu for all the structured data that it's recognizing. So it'll show you images, breadcrumbs, reviews, products, videos, right? Google Search Console will also show you the internal links within your site, as well as the external links pointing to your site and any anchor text so that the text being used from external links to point to your site, right? And the internal links report will show you which pages have the most and the fewest internal links. So a good optimizing tool is you can look at the links, internal links with uh, the pages that have the fewest internal links, and then keep a record of those and see how you can improve upon those. Are there other pages on the site that can link to it back and forth? Make sure, of course, they're all topically relevant, but see if you can improve upon more internal links to pages. Usually the better, but again, They need to be topically relevant, right? And lastly, Google Search Console will also show you if you have any security issues with the site or if it's been hit with any manual penalties, which are Google penalties from Google, usually for using poor black hat, quote unquote, SEO tactics, right? 
All right, guideline number two is to use or create useful, information-rich sites. Google wants your site to be all about users. So, and writing pages that clearly describe your content and a topical intent, right? So, write primarily for users, not search engines. I would say write your content for users based on the demand and the related questions for that exact content, and then lay out or design the layout and the code properly for search engines, okay? So the content and its related questions based on the demand for that content and then the code of it for search engines. For search engines, Google says to make sure you're properly using the following, right? So a title, one title per page, topically relevant. Your headings, so subheadings below that, right? Which are H2, H3, and so on and so forth. Headings. So use headings wherever people like to skim. And those headings are often, people also ask questions from your topical keyword, right? So if you plug your topical keyword into a Google search bar and you'll see people also ask questions, those are usually great subtopics to put as subheadings on your content, right? And then any images you have should also have descriptive, what they call alt text attributes. Right. So if somebody has a browser that is not loading their images, which is very common, then the the image needs to have a alternative text attribute. So that'll show up. Right. And that's especially useful people who are visually impaired and using different devices to read websites and such. In fact, you're contractually or you're legally bound to put alt text on every image to be in compliance with American Disabilities Act, right? So make sure that everybody, all your prospects and customers can read what's on your site. And for images, again, an alt text is required. And then use the words on the page that people are actually using to search out that topic, right? So write useful information-rich pages for the content that people are looking for. Okay, some technical guidelines that Google's Webmaster Guidelines recommends is using page titles, of course, and meta descriptions that accurately describe the content of the page. Don't use clickbait titles or clickbait descriptions in your meta descriptions that have nothing to do with the content on the page and nobody likes. So you're just going to get a bounce. They're going to go right back to the search results page after landing on your page, and that has nothing to do with the title in a meta description. So it won't help you in any way, shape, or form. Use titles and descriptions that accurately describe the page content and will entice the person to click on it, right? So you can Google how to improve click-through rate, and we'll do a episode in the future on that. So that's all about writing really good copy, right? And maybe getting books on copywriting and how to write better advertisements and, and better headlines and such. Right. So you make sure all pages on the site can be reached by a link from another findable page. So technical guideline, have no orphan pages, right? So they call just a page sitting on your site with no links to it as an orphan page. Might be good for an advertising landing page, but aside from that, it's totally useless, right? And it'll drag down the ranking power of your site as well. So make sure every page on your site can be reached from a link or by a link from another page. Okay, or from the menu. Create simple, easy navigational menus, right? On the top and in the footer. 
make it easy for people to get around and use internal links on pages that naturally take people to the next interest, next topical interest that's related to the page they just read, right? So help them move around and learn more about whatever it is they're reading about, okay? So using good page hierarchy design and organizing your pages properly is super important and a technical guideline of Google's Webmaster Guidelines. Right? So for your services, for instance, you would have your website URL forward slash services forward slash and then whatever it may be. If you're a plumber, water heater repair. And then the next page will be forward slash services forward slash leak detection, right? So on and so forth. So you would, they would all be under the services hierarchy. Same for your service area. So it'd be your URL battleplanmarketing.com forward slash service dash area forward slash city number one. And then same thing, service dash area forward slash city number two. And separate pages for each one. That'll help you rank, especially in service areas that are outside the city in which your building or your business is located in. Very difficult, in fact, almost impossible to rank in Google Maps in those areas. So you're going to be depending on city area pages to rank in the cities outside your location city. Okay. Same for uh, blog categories. Make sure they make sense. They're topically related, right? So again, by category. So if you're in the solar, it might be by solar batteries forward slash, right? Another one might be solar panels forward slash, so on and so forth. Keep your blog categories in topical silos, right? Topical clusters. And then any links need to be marked as that are going out to other pages. If they're sponsored or affiliate links or advertising links, they need to be marked as no follow or sponsored, right? Follow best practices for images, videos, and structured data, right? So we already said alt text for your images, structured data for your videos on there, and then all kinds of structured data that you can add to a page and the site. Provide a sitemap like previously mentioned. Rank Math and Yoast will create these for you. Just input the sitemap URL into Google Search Console to add a new sitemap and have it scan that. It'll tell you if this is success or if there's errors on the sitemap. Okay, remember to mark thank you pages, add landing pages, split test pages as no index. All right, also for sitemaps, if you're using videos on your site, which hopefully you are, Make sure you're marking those up and that your sitemap is including a video sitemap, a sub page, right? So your sitemap is going to be dissected and listed into sub pages. You're going to have a page sitemap. So your main sitemap will give further menu items to your page sitemap, your post sitemap, maybe a product sitemap, as we're saying here, your video sitemap. Okay. And again, you'll use structured data there. And check out our episodes number 70 and 71, where we talk about proper structured data practices and some bad practices to avoid that are being used by many so-called SEO companies out there. Try and get review stars for local businesses. Be very careful of that. All right. Further guidelines from Google Webmaster. Don't lazy load primary content. So content that's up in your the top sections of your pages, your hero sections right below that, don't lazy load that. And lazy load is uh, some of your plugins like WP Rocket, 
Some of those will, what they call lazy load, so it'll only load it as the eyeballs are coming upon it and they're scanning up on that part of the page, but you don't want to do that to the content that's at the top of the page, right? Make sure you update edited pages with the dates that you did the editing, either in WordPress or perhaps both actually in WordPress, if you're using WordPress, and in your structured data. So you want to tell Google Google wants to see you editing pages over time, especially if the content's been on there for a while. So edit and update content frequently, and then let it WordPress, make note of it in the WordPress CMS system and in your structured data. There's a field for date published and date edited. Why can't I say that word today? Whatever. You get to just. <laughs> so tell Google the page has been updated. All right. Further guidelines, optimize your page loading times. This is huge. This is part of the uh, page experience update for Google in 2021, uh, which includes this core web vitals, which is measuring the speed on three different loads of each page, right? So you have to optimize your page loading times. Plus just the consumer is not going to wait around for a page to load for more than a couple of seconds, the data shows. With each passing second after two seconds, you're losing quite a large chunk of people who are just impatient and they will not wait for it. So you can speed up your site, of course, with hosting is usually the number one factor. So you have to look at specific hosting. We use WPX hosting. There's others out there that are really good, but a lot of hosting will slow down your site. So hosting might be your number one culprit if you have slow loading times. And you can test those in GTX testing, although that's just desktop. There's Google's page speed testing tool and others out there that you can test the speed. So your hosting and then plugins, if you have too many plugins, unnecessary plugins, they may be loading and slowing down your site. You should use a content delivery network or CDN. A lot of good hosting will come with that. And you want to check your hosting that they have a CDN or that the third-party CDN you uses. So either the hosting or the CDN has servers near you, right? If you're in California and your hosting company is in Boston, but they use a CDN and they have servers in Los Angeles, then you're good, right? So you want to explore with your hosting, where are their servers? And then same for the CDN. Where do you have a server near me that is loading up the site quickly for my local customers, right? And then there's plugins you can use. We use WP Rocket to help speed up our sites and our pages. And again, WPX uh, hosting as well. And we're always constantly looking at other hosting, quite honestly, to speed up sites. This is becoming more and more important. Again, not just for the users, but this is becoming a slowly but surely a ranking factor in Google. So if you got a slow site and everything else is great, but it's just not loading fast, you will lose out in the rankings to competitors who are equal but have a, a better speed, okay? And of course, guideline is to design your site for all types of devices, so desktop, mobile, tablet, and your web design team should be looking at every single page that they design anyway in all these modes, right? Because your text, especially your headlines, 
will probably need to be made smaller on mobile and tablet devices than they would look otherwise on a desktop, right? Same for some of the images, maybe, or icons. So all pages should be looked at in all device types and edited accordingly so they look good. Not just that they will size a mobile phone, but it will also look good on the mobile phone, right? So you don't have headlines that are wrapping over one or two letters down to a second line or something like that, which is very, very common, right? So make sure your web designers and editors are optimizing pages for each type of device. Okay. And then with that, with uh, different browsers as well. So they should be testing pages in Google Chrome, what it looks like in Safari, Firefox, Edge, Opera, and others, right? Make sure it looks good in different browsers. They all are a little bit different. And then going back to structured data markup, which is a big thing in Google's eyes, well, Google Bing, all search engines, they've created structured data, a unique language that talks to their search robots that come out and hit your site, their spiders. So speak to the search bot in its language by adding structured data markup to your pages and your posts and your site as a whole. Again, episodes number 70 and 71 go into more detail on this, what to do and what to avoid doing. But you can mark up your pages and tell the robots that, hey, we are a local business. Here's our address. Here's our service area. Here's our contact info. Not just on your page, because it has a hard time reading that and understanding that. But putting it in the structured data, which is its language, now you're speaking directly to the robot. Here's my business. Here's my address. Here's my service area, my contact info. Here's the hours we're open. Here's some videos on this page or that page. Here's our products on this page or that page, our service pages, our logo. Here's original images that are created by us and licensed by us. Here's our blog content, what it's about. Here's our frequently asked questions, our Q&A, which is awesome to get review snippets, featured snippets. So on almost all your blog content pages should include questions and answers. Again, the people also ask questions that you're finding in a Google search on the, the main topic keyword, there will definitely be questions and answers. You should be putting them in your blog articles and then using structured data to isolate those questions and answers. So you might become the featured snippet, which is that top. When you do a search in Google, if it's a question, you might at the very top see that question with the answer already there, usually in a list or paragraph format. And so if you're doing that yourself, you have the opportunity to be that number one list right up there. Or also to show up in the people also ask boxes down below a little further, right? So Q&A should definitely be a part of your blog content and your structured data. There's also how-to structured data. So if you're a service company, you should be doing how-to videos right, on YouTube, and then making those a blog post, also syndicating that content blog, YouTube. And when you bring it over to your blog, you should be using how-to structured data markup to, again, talk to the robots there. You can also use structured data to identify the principals in the company and the key personnel who hopefully also have LinkedIn profiles, and then you can tie those two entities together to help Google and the other search engines understand that the person who owns this business is also that person up on LinkedIn. 
So you're just trying to give as much cross information as possible to the robots to let them understand what kind of business you are, where you are, what you service, what you sell, who are the people behind it, right? There's structured data also for breadcrumbs, which is your menu. It shows we've all been on sites where it's, you can see where you are. So it's your URL, and then we're in the product section, and then we're in the blue colored shirts or whatever have you, right? So it shows that breadcrumb. We're in the water heater section, underwater heater flush, right? And you use structured data to mark up events. So if you have some events throughout the year, maybe supplier events, maybe company barbecues, who knows? You could use the uh, make a separate page and use structured data for that. Maybe you have a job postings page on your site. You should be using structured data there as well. And then, of course, if you have product reviews or aggregate reviews for the company itself, although they don't show that anymore, Google doesn't show aggregate ratings for local businesses anymore. And companies, SEO companies have been using product, unscrupulously using product schema for local business ratings. Don't do that. <laughs> and that's in episode 70 or 71. Go back and listen to that. That's on Google's webmaster guidelines of something not to do. And that can get you a manual penalty and overnight you just disappear from the search results. So unless you want to play with that danger, I don't recommend doing that. All right. Okay, the guidelines also recommend providing a custom 404 error page, which is the page if that comes up and says page not found. So if somebody's searching for a page on your website that's moved or doesn't exist, they mistyped it in, lots of different possibilities. You want a custom 404 page, make sure that page is marked as no index, right? And that that 404 page helps users find their way. We usually put like another little submenu on it. And even a, like a newsletter sign up or something perhaps that gives the potential to capture a lead there as well, right? Or a mailing list entry or subscriber who can then be fed additional information. Maybe they grow interest and become a prospect and a lead in the future. Okay. Good internal linking text makes sense. Of course, Google wants to see if you're linking from one page to another that you're using proper text. Don't use click here and found here or any of that kind of stuff. Use good keywords, right? And mix those keywords up. So don't use the same exact link text, what they call anchor text, to... So if you're linking to one page from 10 other pages, mix up the link text on those 10 other pages a little bit, but use text that does describe the page and where they're going, okay? Let's see some Google Webmaster guidelines of things to avoid. Okay. So let's talk about that. Auto generated content, right? So spun content. Not too many people use this anymore, but you might have a SEO or web company that still does this. And today we have artificial intelligence writing tools, which we use ourselves, but we don't use them to spin content. And spin content is simply taking an existing piece of content, putting it in some software that will spin it and come out with a similar article written slightly differently. Don't do that, right? So Google's webmaster guidelines says to avoid it. And any of the following things we're going to describe can get you a manual penalty and just disappear overnight from Google search results. So don't do any of these things, right? Link schemes, link exchanges. Hey, I'll link to your website, you link to mine, or I'm going to pay you for a link. 
or large scale, quote unquote, from Google's own website, guest posting. Now we do guest posting, but not on a large scale. So, and a guest post is writing an article for somebody else's website. So maybe in your local area, not maybe, there are good, probably very popular blogs in your local area. You should seek them out, find them, and offer to either take one of your current articles and post it on their site with a link back to yours saying this is the original place that this was created, or creating an entirely new blog post for their site, and maybe even for their audience, or probably for their audience. Might be a little bit different than yours, but also with links back to your site, right? So that's okay on a small scale. Don't go out on a large scale and do guest posting. Don't make that the only way in which you're getting links, right? So large-scale guest posting is prohibited by Google's Webmaster Guidelines. Don't give away stuff, products, or services for links. Don't get links from low-quality websites, right? You don't want those anyway, so I'm not sure why you would seek them out. And you also need to do a backlink analysis every once in a while and screen carefully for low-quality sites, links from those, and then perhaps disavow them, although that's a topic for another day, being very careful on what links you tell Google you want to disavow, that you claim no ownership to, you didn't ask for them, they're coming from junky websites. Okay? Also avoid forum comments. So there's lots of software that will seek out forums and embed some comments and put your link in there or put your signature in there with a link. Don't do any of that, right? It's against their guidelines. Don't use other people's content. I'm fighting a couple of sites right now in Russia that have stolen content from one of my affiliate websites that we keep. So don't use other people's content. Not cool will get you banned, will get you a manual penalty. Don't abuse structured data or schema markup. Google's Webmaster Guidelines says to avoid it. And people are using it a lot. We see right now in the local business field, there's a lot of unscrupulous or just SEOs using black hat techniques, which worked in the old day and some parts of it still work today. So like I say, a very common thing is that they're using uh, product review ratings to classify their business sort of as a product. And then they're using the review ratings from the product to try and get local review stars for business in the search results pages. Google stopped using local search or aggregate reviews for local businesses. So if you see it showing up, pretty much can guarantee they're using, they're abusing structured data and eventually they're going to get their clients manual penalties and disappear from the search results. So play above board, play by the rules, even if your competitors are cheating, because there are competitors probably around you cheating. And after a while, maybe you get frustrated because they're up there for a while. Eventually, they will get banned. The world is filled with people who tell you their Google horror stories. And one day they're on top. Next day, the business is over. So play with fire only if you enjoy the heat. All right. And then also, of course, uh, avoid comment spam or try to limit it on your site, right? So you can decide whether or not you want comments on your blog posts. But if you do, then be very monitor it well and get rid of comment spam, especially with their links going back to their sites or wherever they're trying to get links to. 
All right. That was a lot of little detail stuff. And I struggled my way through that a little bit. So thanks for putting up with it. I hope you can see what makes, and these are just some basic guidelines from Google's Webmaster Guidelines, but you can see things to do, things to avoid doing. It always just comes down to the basics, really. So we hope that helps some of you. Thanks for sharing your time and attention with us today. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. If you're on YouTube, hit the like button to help the algorithm like us show more of our content to others. Subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you'll know when we post again. Feel free to share this episode on your social channels. Good luck out there and create a great day. Thanks for listening to the Battle Plan Marketing Podcast. To power up your home service business, for show notes, visit battleplanmarketing slash podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please share it on social. Until next time.